Thanks for tuning in to this message. My name is Jared Piney. I'm the online pastor here at Pathway, and I'm here with one of our worship directors and online hosts, Maddie Seitz. We hope this message is a valuable resource to you and helps you grow deeper in your faith. If you consider yourself a Christian and this message blesses you, I hope you'd consider giving back to us at Pathway so we can continue connecting all people to Jesus and helping them become his fully devoted followers. Learn more at pathwaychurch.com forward slash giving. And if you decide to take a step in your faith after the message today, simply visit pathwaychurch.com forward slash next so we can help provide you with resources and partner with you in this journey. Well, I want to welcome everyone at all of our locations and those of you who are watching online. And I especially want to welcome anyone that is new with us today. We're so glad that you're a part of our family. And I am so excited to be up here to share this message with you because I love this series as we really discover what I believe are the major questions that we all struggle with in our lives. It doesn't matter who you are, you struggle with these questions as we talk about purpose. Now first, Pastor Carter last week, he answered this question, and it really is the big question about purpose, is why am I here? Now everyone encounters this question, like it can be when your life gets a little crazy, or if you lose direction, you're like, I don't even know why I'm here on this earth. What am I doing, right? So last week, Pastor Carter shared Really, I felt like the foundational idea, and I mean, it sat with me all week. This, this idea that we were created by God, our purpose is to receive his love and to be a part of his family. That's why he created us. Now, that really doesn't require us doing anything other than being open to what God wants in our lives. It's like open and then understanding who we are. So if you're a doer like me last week and this week, you're like, but I don't know what to do. Well, it's important we set in our purpose a little bit and understand really why we were created to receive God's love and then also to be a part of his family. But this week, we're going to talk about the do. Because after we understand our purpose, then we need to discover the mission, what we, the mission we were made for. And mission answers this question, is what do I do? 
Now, if you're a parent, every day you wake up, and I think for me, I think, what do I do, right? You're lost. What do I do? In your marriage, it can be the same thing. Sometime you're, sometimes you're at work, and you're like, what do I do? Those are all mission questions. Now, I had a conversation with a guy when I was in college that made me think about this idea of mission very differently. You see, he was training to be an officer in the Army, And I asked him a question because I just wondered why someone would sign up for that. It seems really hard. And when I asked him the question, I said, I don't know how every day that you get all these commands and you do what they say every day. I'm like, I don't like people telling me what to do. Most of us don't. And he signed up for that, for people to tell him what to do all the time. And he said, well, it's really pretty simple. It starts with what you love. You see, he said, I love my country and what it stands for. And so those commands that I obey every day make up the mission for the country that I love. And I hear those commands and I obey them and carry them out and it's a part of the mission. You know, I never thought about the mission, understanding your mission was really, it started with who you love. Now, for me, when you ask me who I love and the mission, you see, we all have missions. We all have things that we love. You're on a mission and you don't even know it. Sometimes it's the wrong mission. But I have the right mission in my life, I believe. And when you ask me who do I love that I've been on a mission for, she has a name. And her name is Jenny. And so this is my wife, and I know what you're all thinking. No matter where you're at, you're like, how did I marry her, right? You're all thinking that. I had a guy earlier this week, met my wife for the first time, and he goes, you married her, that doesn't make sense. And so I'm going to let you in on a secret, okay, how this landed her. All right, I'm going to give you, if you're out there looking for a spot, I'm going to give you the secret because it doesn't make sense. You see, I went on a mission. It was a hardcore mission too. You see, I met Jenny and she said she'd go out with me. I was like, she was the prettiest girl that ever would go out with me. And so I thought, man, I'm on a mission to get this woman to marry me. I went on a mission. You see, I had mission clarity. I was focused. And so whenever I would hear a desire or a want from her, I'd hear it, and then I'd do it. I'd take action. It led me to doing crazy things. One time I heard that she wanted to be someone who was more romantic, so I wrote a poem for her. Can any of you even imagine that? Like me writing a poem. It doesn't, it doesn't even sound right. I would take her to dinner. And I mean, I'd wine and dine her flowers every week because I was on a mission. She'd say something and I was like, I'm on it. Now I had mission clarity and obviously I got married. So what? Mission accomplished, (laughs) right? Mission accomplished. Well, you know, really loving Jenny is still my mission. But after we got married, I started having a little mission drift Any of you have happened to you? Like, I kind of let myself go a little bit or something. I was in a lot better shape, 
all these different things, but it revolved around housework and things like this because she would look at me and she'd tell me her desire for me to do something. They were simple things. And I'd look at her and I'd say, I love you. I'd hear it. But you know what wouldn't happen? Is the action that she was used to. And so she was very gracious with me. You know, I remember her telling me, could you just unload the dishwasher in the next two days? She gave me a couple days to do it. I'd say, of course I can. I love you. I'm on a mission. And then I didn't do it. And so about a year into our marriage, like this wasn't just about housework. It was about everything, like date nights she wanted to have. And I'd hear and I'd go, yep, I'm going to do that. I love you. But you know what? I love you doesn't mean much if you're not listening and taking action and obeying, does it? So she said something like this to me. She said, you aren't loving if you don't listen and obey. Now, I know in some way that makes me sound like a dog or something, right? Obedience. But my obedience was really bad. And honestly, Jenny, when she'd hear the needs that I had, like that's who she is. She would, she would meet them. But after a while, about a year, like she looked at me one day and said, I don't know if I can be married to you anymore. And I was like, man, I got a listen and obey problem. The mission got really foggy. Now, I want you to know that got my attention. And so ever since then, I was like, when I think about the one I love, remember what my friend shared with me? The one I love is Jenny. I listen to her and I obey. Sometimes. Sometimes. I went from like zero to 50%, which is progress, and she's still working on me. I mean, she is. But I would say that simple revelation, like, saved my marriage. It really did. Now, you all have areas of your life where you're on missions, and you've had some foggy mission drift. It can be anything. Human relationships, it's really about what did you love and you were so passionate about that you were going after it hard and then all of a sudden life got in the way and it gets foggy? It can be relationships, it can be jobs, it can be anything. But what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about the mission that we're made for that comes from God. And what we're going to learn today is not just about hearing, it's about obeying but it's also about how, for many of us who have followed Jesus a long time, this mission is really foggy. It's really foggy. You know, the Jews, for centuries, have known this was a problem for them, and they are very diligent about repetition because they don't want to lose sight of this. So back in the Old Testament, we actually see them dealing with this mission foggy problem because they wanted to be clear for people. And so for you to understand what they did and maybe what we need to have more of approach of doing, I've got to introduce you to a word that is a Hebrew word. Now, whenever I say Hebrew words, you might notice I have a country twang. They don't mix well, so I'm going to do my best, okay? So this Hebrew word is shema. Can everybody say shema with me? Shema. Shema. 
It's like got an H, I don't know. I try, I do my best. So what this word means is here. It's translated here in English, to hear. But you see, a Jew would tell you, no, it's not just to hear. It's to hear and obey. So Shema is to hear and obey. So this idea to a Jew is something they want every single day to understand. So they would actually pray what they call the Shema every single day. And we actually find the basis for this prayer in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. And I want you to pay attention to the here. When it says here, it doesn't just mean here, it's Shema. It means hear and obey. Here's what it says. This is the basis for the prayer that they pray. It says here, Shema. Hear and obey, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Shema. Hear and obey. And so this is the basis for the prayer that they would pray. And then what they would do is they pray. So here's a picture of an Orthodox Jew praying. And they pray the Shema every single day. Because they never want to lose sight of the mission that God has given them. And so many times when they pray the Shema, what they do is they pray and then the commandments. Remember what my friend said who was in the military? He said the commandments, the commands make up the mission. So they would pray the Shema, reminding themselves that their entire life, they need to love God with their heart, their soul, and all their strength. And then they would say, I hear and I obey, and they would pray a commandment. Now, in the beginning, it was pretty simple. There's really 10 commandments, right? Moses gave them 10. But you know, people have a way of messing everything up. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that in your life when you're like, man, there's something good, and then people really screw it up? And so remember, the mission is hearing the one you love and obeying. That's the mission. But here's what happened to the Jews. is those Ten Commandments and then even some of the ceremonial law, they were like, well, that can't be it. That's too simple. And we already know those. So let's create some more. So what the Pharisees did, the teachers of the law, is they created 613 commands. They went from 10 to 613. Some of you work in workplaces that do that, right? It's like you got one thing and then you get a book of policy. You're like, what? nobody's going to read that. Well, what happens is, is it creates mission fogginess. So they pray the Shema and then they have these 613 commands, this checklist of things they have to do. And it's weird stuff that doesn't really even have to do with the mission. Like, what do you do with the ox that breaks his leg, falls in a ditch on the Sabbath? Like, it's like, I would say, figure it out, right? But no, they have a regulation for that that you have to know. And so hundreds of years pass, and the mission got so foggy that even though they're praying the Shema every single day to hear and obey, it just became words to them. They left the obey out, and it really was just they would hear it, they would recite it, and then they'd go on and try to check the list. They lost 
the mission. Well, hundreds of years pass, and then Jesus comes onto the scene. Now, these teachers of the law who created all these commandments and stuff, they loved them because it was the way to control the people. Because when you have to follow all these things, and only if you follow all these things are you really fulfilling what God has for you, and nobody did it, they could control people. Well, one day, there was a Pharisee who was brave enough to ask Jesus a question. Whenever they did this, they got more than they bargained for, and that's what's going to happen today in the text we're going to read. So in Mark 12, chapter 28, you can actually open up your Pathway Church app. You can turn in your Bibles or follow along on the screen as we dig into this question that he asks. You see, he asks this question of all the commandments, which is the most important? So he's not talking about 10 commandments. He's talking about which of the 613 commandments is the most important? And I think, you know, I've always thought this guy was trying to catch Jesus, which I think he was, like trying to trap him. But I also think it's a really good question. They have no mission clarity on how they're to live, how they're to love God. And so he asked this question. And Jesus answers it differently than he thought he would. So Jesus says this. He says this. He says, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. And here's the Shema again. Hear, Shema. Hear and obey, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And then he surprises them. The second is this love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandments greater than these. So you see, when he's asked that question, He knows they're confused and the mission got foggy. And so what Jesus decides to do, he says, I'm going to bring you mission clarity because you're lost and confused. The mission clarity that Jesus brings is simple. It's love God and love your neighbor. Now, some of you are asking, who's my neighbor? Is it the person next door? Well, Jesus in another scripture in Luke 10 When he quotes the Shema, he actually says, he he gives a parable of the Good Samaritan and says, any person who's on your path who is struggling is your neighbor. Anyone in your life is your neighbor. And so Jesus is bringing mission clarity to the Jews, to them who try to follow God, but it's like they lost the mission. You know, I think for us, we have to admit we've lost the mission also. Because my guess is today, if you're here, and maybe you're not a follower of Jesus, this is actually clearer for you than it is for the rest of us. Because it's simple and it makes sense. But if you follow Jesus for a really long time, our temptation is to look at that and say, I already knew that. Like how many of you at all of our locations watching online, you already knew, love God, and love people, right? You already knew that. Raise your hand. It's okay. We all know it. We all know it. Now I'm going to tell you today, I don't think God really cares that we know it. God cares about something greater, that we obey it, 
and we live it. It's the mission. It's the obey the two greatest commandments. Now, I got an email from a person a couple years ago when I preached this same passage. And the email said something like that. You'll see a little bit of yourself in this. I do in myself as he said, well, your message on this was not deep enough. Love God, love people. I already knew that. And so me being the person that I am, I'm like, I'm going to lunch with that guy. So me and him went to lunch And I go, what do you mean by it's not deep enough? And he began to tell me, he's like, man, I need the deep end of the pool. Like I want, I need more than stuff I already know. I need to know more. And you're not really telling me the things that I want to hear. And so I simply, and maybe not so gently, told him. I said, I think you and I are swimming in different pools Like, this is the deepest pool you can swim in because you've been confused. You thought after you knew something that that was it. But you're not living Shema. You're not living here and obey. And so I even challenged him. I said, tell me where you've loved your neighbor. He told me something from two years ago. And I'm like, that's not Shema. You need to go deeper. If you find that in yourself, like we got to defeat that, that is the words of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law that lives inside of us. It's about what we know. It's about hear and obey. You know, I saw this in a powerful way in Ghana when I was on a serving trip over there. As I sat with a group of people, two of them, none of them could read, by the way, And two of them had actually memorized this verse, the Shema. And so they shared it, they went around, and they all recited it. And the leader says to the group, all right, this week, you're going to go and love your neighbor. And when you come back next week, you're going to share how you loved your neighbor. Because it's about Shema, it's about hear and obey. And so after the group was over, I asked him, I said, man, you were direct with them. And in that group, there were people who didn't know Jesus yet. There were people who were just starting their faith journey, and there were mature believers in there. And I said, so I got to ask, what happens if they don't obey? And he said, well, it's simple. We don't move on. We read those scriptures again, and we do it again. So I wanted you all to think about this, like what I'm preaching this week, right? We're talking about serving. We're talking about loving your neighbor. If half the people don't do that, we're going to have like a checkpoint as you walk in. And if half of us don't do that, I'm going to get back up here and do the exact same message again. That's what he was saying. In our home teams, that's what they would look like. Because you see, it's not about learning something new. It's about learning to hear and obey. I just loved that when I was over there. By the way, we're not going to do that, okay? So you can rest at ease. We're not going to do that. But you see, we need more of that inside of us. You see, we are going deep. This is deep. This is as deep as following Jesus gets. Is when you take his word, you hear from the one you love, and you listen, and then you obey. That is as deep as it gets. 
You see, the Apostle Paul described this depth in Ephesians 2.10. He said, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, to do the mission, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is about hearing and obeying. This idea that God has put these good works out there for us to do is something that it's like we have to be listening. We listen. We know the mission to love God, to love our neighbors. And then as we're out there, we're listening to the Holy Spirit. We're listening who God would have us carry out the mission with this week. You know, for me, when the light bulb really went on was when I was challenged with this at about the age of 25 when I heard a message that was similar. And the pastor that shared it said, God has given you gifts, talents, resources, everything you need to do these good works, to listen to his spirit, and then to obey and put them into practice. And you're holding stuff back. You're holding your life back. Well, when he said that, I thought about an area of my life that I was really holding back. And to a lot of you, this is going to be weird. Like, you're like, that sounds weird. But it was inviting people to come hunting with me. Now, you're like, that doesn't even make sense. But let me explain, all right? Is you don't want to show strangers your best hunting spots. They may steal them, right? I didn't want to lose them because I was like, I didn't want to lose my good spots. So there was a really small circle of people I would invite in because, you see, my mission was my pleasure and enjoyment in something I love to do. Well, when I was challenged with that message, it's crazy how God works. One week after that, I run into a guy at the gas station that I knew growing up, but I hadn't seen him for like 10 years. And I could just tell like there was something going on inside of him. And he saw the decoys, the duck decoys in the back of my truck. And he goes, oh, you love to duck hunt. I love to duck hunt, but I don't have a spot. And so I felt God nudging me. And then at first I said, no, 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 that can't be God. That's not him. Like he doesn't speak like that, does he? But you know, I didn't invite him right in that moment. But I knew a friend who had his number and I called him later and I said, you know what, why don't you and I go duck hunting? I'll show you my spot and we can go. And so we went, just him and I. And we're just having a great time. It's not a great day, but we're having some decent conversation, learn about his family. And so I really just turned to him and I said, just getting to know him, is I said, so how is just, how's your life going? And his face kind of turns down and he says, well, I had an affair on my wife and she's going to divorce me. I kind of thought we weren't going to like go there that quick. Like it kind of shocked me. But it's just like it was inside of him. And he goes, I haven't told anybody that. I don't know why I'm telling you. You see, all of a sudden, duck hunting wasn't about duck hunting anymore, was it? And so I remember listening to him, and he said, I regret what I did. I'm, I don't really have a relationship with God, but I'm praying that God will heal my marriage. And so right there along the Arkansas River is we prayed. And over the next year, like about every couple weeks, I would take him with me. And you know what's amazing is after a year, and even to this day, they're still together. Now, I don't know. 
completely if duck hunting was the reason why. I know God was the reason why. But I'm telling you, duck duck hunting can change your life if you've never done it. It does. (laughs) But you see, when we see our whole life, when we see everything can be used by God for the mission, that's why you have what you have, the resources you have, the gifts that you have. But really, it's about understanding the mission of loving God and listening to the one you love, hearing what he says and obeying. And man, when you do that, life is different because it's the mission that you were made for. You know, as we think about this, this is is the deep end of the pool. It's hard. And so Jesus didn't leave us alone to do this alone. He gives you a promise if you're willing to sign up for the mission. If you're willing to say, God, I have mission clarity. I know what you want me to do. Jesus says this in John 14, 15 through 17. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you who have signed up for this mission, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. You see, the Holy Spirit of God lives in us so that we can understand how clear the mission is to love God and to love people. Everything we do in life ultimately are things we do, but this is the ultimate thing, that as we're in our neighborhoods, in our schools, as we're at our workplace, you see, this is the mission you were made for, to love God, to love people in the name of Jesus. Now, to help jumpstart this lifestyle, in our lives. Like every week we've been working on a way to obey, right? It's about looking to the one we love, Shema. And then understanding it's about hearing and obeying. That's the Shema lifestyle. So maybe this week for you, you could pray the verses that we read, the Shema. And then remember how Jesus clarified the Shema, to love your neighbor as yourself. And so as a church family this week, we're going to have a family I will statement and we're going to put this into action because we're not just hearers of the word. We obey and put it into practice. And so this is for everyone. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is non-negotiable. It really is. You need to push yourself if you're kind of like, well, I already knew that and I'm kind of busy. Man, you need to understand that's the heart of the teachers of the law. But God has given us a clear mission, and he clears our mind and our hearts to live that mission. And so this week, we're going to focus on two groups of people that are in our path every single day right now where we're at, who are struggling, who are hurting. And first, it's those who are struggling with sickness, especially those with COVID. I have like three or four people in my life, honestly, that have just struggled and struggled 
And they need, to, they need a believer, someone who follows Jesus, to see their life and to say, that's the good work to encourage them, to love them. That's the good work that Jesus has put in my path for me to do. And then the other group of people are all of our healthcare workers in our community. Now, when you think about them, I was actually in the hospital. My dad had hip surgery this week. They are short-staffed. They are tired. And it goes from the maintenance people, it goes to the nurses, to the doctors, to the people at registration. They are tired and worn out. When you look in their eyes, you see it. And you see, we have people in our lives that God has put in our path to love this week. And so that's what we're going to do. And so on all of your seats at all of our locations, and for those of you watching online, you'll actually see this card pop up on the screen. And what this card really lays out is just some simple ideas for how when you really see someone, you know people. Like, even as I said that, you know people who are in one of those categories, and you're going to go love them. You're going to go love them with one of these ideas. You're going to show them who Jesus is because you're going to love your neighbor as yourself. Listen to the one who you love. And then you go take that love to other people. Now, I want you to understand that this I will statement, as I said, this is about the obedience part. And so this week, we are going to obey by I will show love to someone with COVID and or a medical worker. Now, you don't have to go off the list that's on that card. Those are just ideas. The Holy Spirit might put something even better in your heart. But this is what it means to live the Shema, the Shema lifestyle of loving God with all you have and then loving your neighbor as yourself. You know, I know to obey God is hard. Like, I really think obedience is our problem, and so we need God's help to do that. And so for all of us who follow Jesus, that's going to be our prayer today, that we'd have the courage to listen, to hear, Shema, and obey. But I also believe that for many who have never accepted Jesus, maybe you're exploring faith today, that, man, you can do this as well. Because, you know, a lot of times our hesitation towards being a part of God's kingdom is we're just like, I just see people who are hearing and there's no doing. That's what the world sees in many of us. But I want you to know, don't let that stop you. Some of us have been bad examples. But I believe as you engage in the mission that you were made for, that you will find Jesus, that you will find the power of the kingdom of God as you listen and obey and you'll find him on that path. And maybe today you've already found him and you'd like to accept him. And I want to give you the opportunity to do that. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you, God, for the opportunity that we've had just to understand the clear mission that we were made for. God, we are grateful for the words of Jesus as he brings so much clarity to our lives. That, God, we were put here to live the mission of loving you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then to love our neighbor as ourselves. That, God, as the power of your gospel flows through that mission through our lives, God, I pray that we would listen to the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And we would obey 
the people that he's called us to love. That God, for you desire obedience in this mission more than anything. And so God, I pray that we would be faithful in that. But God, if we confess today, we know that obedience is hard for us. To listen and then to take action is difficult. And so we need your help to live this mission out. We need your Holy Spirit to speak to us this week. And so if that's you and you're bold and you want to sign up for the mission, if you want to live the Shema, the lifestyle, but you need God's help to do it, I just want you to raise your hand no matter where you have to declare to God, I need your help this week to live that lifestyle to listen and to obey. Raise your hand if you're watching online. You can type me in the chat. Man, so many hands. So many hands. Let me pray for all of you. Father, I thank you, God, for those who are bold and are willing to live the mission and not just hear what you say, not just to say we love you, but to hear and obey. God, I pray your spirit would speak and they would have the courage and the boldness to live that lifestyle for the world to see. God, we're grateful for what you do in our lives as we live the mission. And God, I pray that you would speak to us this week and we would listen and obey. God, I also know today that there's many here, many watching this, that they've never accepted Jesus to be the leader and the savior of their life. But in this conversation about purpose and mission, they've heard something that you have a great plan and a purpose for them. They've heard the truth. And today, God, they want to respond. They want to be a part of your mission. They want something greater than what they've been living. And so today, if that's you and you would like to accept Jesus as the leader and the savior of your life and for him to clear the sin out of the way, so that you can live that life. I want to invite you to pray this simple prayer with me in the quietness of your heart. Father, I know that I've fallen short in my sin and my shame and my guilt have been in the way and separated me from you. And so today, Jesus, I lay those things down and I grab hold of the grace and the forgiveness that you offer me through your perfect sacrifice that you made on the cross so that all my sins would be forgiven and I would be free. And today, Jesus, I choose to follow you and live the purpose and the mission that you call me to and live the life that is truly life, that is only found in you. Now, with everybody's head still bowed and eyes still closed, no matter where you're at, I just want to invite you to declare that decision to God. If you pray that prayer for the first time, declare it boldly by simply raising your hand and so that I can pray for the decision that you made. Raise your hand right now if you prayed that prayer for the very first time. Raise your hand. Awesome, I see you. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, God, for those who have followed you and who have a new relationship with you today for the very first time. God, we're grateful for their decision. God, we pray that your spirit would guide them as they live Shema, as they hear and obey. God, we're grateful that we all have purpose and mission. And God, I pray for them that they could live that in this moment with what they know about you. God, we pray for all of us this week that God, the world would see the power of a people who look to the one they love and we listen and obey. God, we pray all of this in Jesus' blessed name. Amen.